Late Night Wrestling Pod with your host, Brandon Strauss. <clears throat> Welcome everybody to episode 34 of the Late Night Wrestling Pod. And as always, hit me up on Twitter at 11LateNightPod. Shoot me an email at the Late Night, Rest- or late night Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Or hit me up on Instagram at the Late Night Wrestling Pod. Always updating, always fun stuff. And, um... Tonight, we have Mid-South Wrestling, and I have to say, I've really been looking forward to this one. Everybody knows that, uh, everybody who knows me knows that the Mid-South Wrestling was my favorite territory, even though it wasn't an actual part of the National Wrestling Alliance. But that is a story for another time. So, I covered three episodes here, and I'm not going to jump into it right away, but... Kind of a, a spoiler or whatever. There's so much going on in these episodes. And there's so many clips. There's so much stuff. Like, I try not to go clip heavy with these episodes. And, you know, it's not me talking. It's just me playing clip after clip after clip. But there was just so much good stuff here. I feel like I'm going to talk for 30 seconds. And then we're going to, you know, go into a clip. And so on and so on and so on. But there's just so much meat on the bone here. It was hard to ignore a lot of the stuff. Like, I'm looking at the first page of my notes, and there's three notes to play clips at certain time stamps. And usually I have maybe one every two pages. But, you know, not tonight. There was just so much going on. And as they say, like the wrestling show was generally more of an infomercial to try to get you to the house show, and which here was at the Louisiana Superdome, but the matches weren't necessarily the most important thing. It was all about the promos and the angles, and there was so much of this going on at the time, and I would be remiss if I overlooked it. So... That's kind of my uh, preamble into going into Mid-South because this episode may go long. I'm not sure, but I really don't want it to, you know, not surpass an hour or anything. <clears throat> but that's just kind of my warning, and I'm not going to hop into it right now. I'm going to, you know, continue doing my thing here. Uh, next week for episode 35, we are going to honor the life and legacy of Jerry Jarrett. I watch two episodes of USWA from January in 1990. And I watched the Memphis heat wrestling pod or not podcast documentary and a lot of good information there. Um, I finished reading Jerry Jarrett's book and I'm not going to review that till next week, but you know, irrelevant next week is Memphis. And this week is all about mid South wrestling. I kind of wish I would have saved the Junkyard Dog or Bill Watts' wrestling or wrestling book review for this episode, but I didn't, and we probably won't have a book review here, but that's not important. What is important is I give a shout-out to my number one fan, Coco, over at the Gut Wrench Podcast. And old Coco... He responded to me on his latest episode of his podcast. And I'm going to respond to him, but I'm going to do it at the very end because, you know, it's not worth 
this bit of precious real estate. I'll put it at the back end, you know, the part where people generally skip over because nobody cares about old Coco and the little gut wrench podcast. You know, they're here to listen to the late night wrestling pod and not that bullshit over there at the gut wrench podcast in West Virginia. So, yeah, um, things have been going pretty well in my life. Uh, well, things are going crazy with work. Um, it's tax time, so I am um, not going to reveal where I work, however, but um, I am getting prepared for a tax audit at my job, and I have no idea what I'm doing, so I'm trying to, um, you know, navigate through that and, you know, continue my uh, wrestling podcast, and that's not going to stop this here, though it is consuming every bit of my weekday life but i still managed to put a block of time aside to watch some classic wrestling and still managed to raise my kid and be a husband to my wife it's all about priorities y'all i don't know why i just said y'all i was kind of fucking stupid i guess i feel stupid now that i said that maybe i should edit it out but i don't usually edit out these opening parts because they're kind of me just free-flowing what's going on and I know I said I was going to watch Ring of Honor, and I will. I, I honestly mean I'm going to. But I looked at the card for because the first Ring of Honor episode was last Thursday. It's March 4th, Saturday, March 4th at 12.46 a.m. when I'm recording this. And yeah, the ring, first episode of Ring of Honor came out. I looked at the card. There's like 11 matches, and... Like it's like it's cool that Zach Sabre uh, or Saber Sabre whatever the fuck Junior was there, but not a lot of it really caught my attention. But I'm gonna watch it, and I may stick it to the end of uh, the Jerry Jarrett USWA episode. You know, maybe take a week off from letting Coco know what's really going on in his life. But. Yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and just cut in or jump into next uh, to this week's episode. Sorry, I just smacked the shit out of the microphone with my notes. This week's episode is Mid-South Wrestling from February 18th, 1984, and I also did uh February 25th from 1984. And March 4th of 1984. And at the time I was doing this, uh, it was February 18th, 2023. So 39 years after uh, the fact. Yeah, 39 years. Wow. Um, I wasn't alive when any of this happened. And before I jump into the Mid-South Wrestling, I want to just clarify that, like, I know Arcadian Vanguard does a Mid-South Wrestling review podcast, and it's an excellent podcast. That's how I discovered Mid-South Wrestling, and you should definitely go check it out. But I intentionally, they go like episode by episode and review it. And I think right now they're in maybe mid-1983, I'm not sure. But I wanted to jump ahead so there was no overlap, and it was a while. They haven't released an episode in a while, and I get it. Brian Last is probably very busy. 
So I wanted to jump ahead so there was no overlap. And I know eventually they'll cover these episodes and they'll have a lot more knowledge of it than I do. But I wanted to do Mid-South Wrestling. I'm going to do it. Um, Arcadian Vanguard's Mid-South Wrestling Review. It's a great podcast. Check it out. Start from the beginning. Learn um, about Mid-South Wrestling and, you know, uh, get yourself a, a knowledge of it. And then, you know, hop in. Start watching it. It's great. Bill Watts is a wrestling genius, and I'll go over that later. And this episode uh, begins with Boyd Pierce at ringside, and we're going to go ahead and jump into it with the clip. And like I said, this will probably be a clip-heavy episode. So much meat on the bone here, and I don't want you guys to think I'm just being lazy. Just a lot of stuff I didn't want to overlook. Here's your host this week on Television Network. I invite you to join us for another outstanding part signed by matchmaker Grizzly Smith. We move into the third round of the Mid-South Television Tournament. And he's overdubbing the intro music. So there's not a graphic for the television tournament. It is literally a poster board that Jim Ross is holding up. A beautiful medalist, Boyd Pierce, mentioned goes to the winner. Today, we're going to see a tremendous match between the Junkyard Dog and Nikolai Volkov. And the television championship, I should note, note here, is it's not a belt, it's a medal. That will happen here today. That's, of course, our television main event. Uh, and we will update you on further progress in the tournament, some of the possible matchups as this hour progresses. But we've got a great match in the ring. We also promised you, ladies and gentlemen, here last week that we would have girl wrestlers on this card. Their plane has been delayed. The plane's coming from different parts of the country uh, with the weather and so forth in the north has delayed their arrival. But we will have them here, boy, next week. But right now we've got a great match standing by in the ring. Let's go to Reeser Bowden for the introductions. This is a non All right, so they talk about how the girl wrestler's plane was delayed. But I'm pretty sure this episode and the next episode were taped back-to-back. I didn't make note of what the commentators were wearing, but I'll, um, as we progress in this show, I'll make a point to uh, let you know, but I'm pretty sure they are taped back-to-back. Our opening matchup is Tom Lamez and Jerry Gray versus Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA. Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA are the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions. 
uh, TA and two, um, and this is a non-title match, I should say. TA and uh, Magnum TA and Gray start out. Uh, Magnum TA does a lot of great hip tosses, and it looks like um, Mister Wrestling Two. I don't if you're just now getting to uh, familiarize yourself with um, Mid South Wrestling. Mister Wrestling Two does not look very impressive, but he was a great wrestler. He wears a pretty much plain white mask, and his wrestling tights looks like old man underwear, and he was an older man. Um, and um, if you're also not familiar with Mid-South Wrestling, you should know that um, Jimmy Carter's mother was a huge fan of Mr. Wrestling 2, and Jimmy Carter actually invited him to his inaugura- inauguration and um, Mr. Wrestling 2 turned it down because he was not allowed to wear his mask during it. Um, Magnum TA does his belly to belly on gray. One, two, three. Your winners are Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA, baby. And we're going to cut to our next clip, which is Bill Watts interviewing Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2. And, of course, the matchmaker of Mid-South Wrestling, Grizzly Smith, is also there, or he will be there. And um, some of you may or may not know this. Grizzly Smith is actually Jake the Snake Roberts' father. And there was an entire episode of Dark Side of the Ring dedicated to him, which I recommend you check out because Grizzly Smith was a total piece of shit. But let's go ahead and cut into that clip. At the lake, beautiful lakefront arena, a tremendous crowd was there for another great wrestling event. And Cowboy Bill Watts was was in the dressing room interviewing the Junkyard Dog. As all the fans remember here last week, the Junkyard Dog was here as your guest commentator. He left the, the uh, commentating area, entered some action in the ring, cost him $2,500. Well, Grizzly Smith made an announcement during that interview. It, uh, a lot of things transpired. Let's play that interview now. It happened in New Orleans. And let's go to Cowboy Bill Watts there. We're in the dressing room at UNO at the lakefront. Uh, I'm t- going to be talking to JYD about the incident that happened at Mid-South taping last week when uh, he was the guest commentator and, of course, got fired. Right now he's warming up for a match later in the evening, and uh, everybody's 57 he's at. <laughs> 60. <laughs> That's getting you fired up. Oh, also, Junkyard Dog is there. Right. Uh, well, Magnum's doing some push-ups, J.Y. I've, I saw the films of what happened last week, and boy, I've been out there in that seat so many times, and you just, you want to help your friends, but Mid-South has an established rule and regulation, and you can't, but it's tough for you to be the North American champion and be out there and be a guest commentator. I don't say you've done it all these years, Bill, sitting around out there, being involved like you was, and the things you did and the people you had to go against. And you know what? I face each and every day, top competition throughout all the world. And I just can't sit around and see something like that happen. I know they got hit with a heavy fine, and I don't have no whole lot of money, but that's one fine I will pay. That's Magnum. Where's he at? How many's he got? He's pumping them out. That's really a young thing. You know, I've been here a while, too. Well, you know, like I say, I just think it's hard for a guy like you, and, uh, and with everybody shooting at you, it's hard for you to be sitting out there because... Pardon me for interrupting you, I've just been talking to you. Grizzly Smith is now walking into the scene. And I've got a message from him and the board of directors, Mid South, 
They've changed the rankings. They got the new rankings on the North American title contender. Magnum TA, let me be the first to congratulate you. You're the number one contender for the North American title. Hey, You'll be getting the title match before long. Good, good. That's what all this works best. That's what we mean. Everybody's going to shoot for you, baby. And it's just you and I. I know you're young, you're pretty, and you look good, baby. But in that ring, it's got to be business. Yeah, but we know one hey. thing. Whatever it is, it'll all be on the up and up. Oh, yeah. I know it's going to be, so everything will be on the up and up. I think up. the fans will be looking forward to it. You know, right. I'm going to look forward to it myself. You promised him a title. So I promised it to him. I told him I said, man, just stand there and work hard. This is that wrestling too. It is. And you've been putting me through. It's paid off. Right here, I'm going to give my shot. You ought to really be proud of this kid. This is what it's all about. You've got him right. No more fools to deal with. I think it stinks. That's This is Mr. Wrestling 2 talking. And I'll tell you why I think it stinks. You know, I told you before, when I came in here, I was going to train this man and make a man out of him. Yeah, he, he, was, he held the title at one time, with dog's help. And a week later, overconfident or whatever you want to call, he, he kind of felt like he uh, had it all down and ended up losing it. You know, I held the title at one time. And I told you also that I'd train this man and make a man out of him, and yet it would not interfere with my career. You understand? Well, just a minute, you know, your whole object's been to get him ready to take on anybody, and certainly the North American champion's the epitome of that. This doesn't mean the Mid-South has passed you by. It just means he's got the next match coming Yes, up. it doesn't mean they passed me by. They went right on by me, and I don't like it, and I still think it stinks. We're very privileged to have the Mid-South cameras behind the scenes at the Lakefront Arena with Cowboy Bill Watts there. And, of course, you know, uh, the great news is that Magnum TA, the board of directors of the Mid-South Wrestling, have elevated him to the number one contender for the Mid-South or for the Mid North American Championship. That obviously means that he will get the next available Mid-South or North American title match with the Junkyard Dog. It's weird to see Jim Ross is being so green here and, like, uncomfortable with himself on commentary. Mr. Wrestling 2 is not real happy about that. He thought he should be the number one contender, and maybe things have kind of passed him by. Uh, hopefully this will all uh, will blow over, let's say, Boyd. But uh, Bill Watts did talk to them again, and we'll see that later in this hour. But right now, let's pause for this word for the Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. So it's cutting to commercial to go back to the interview, essentially. Wrestling fans, we kept our cameras back in the dressing room area on that on that momentum, you know, a tremendous night in New Orleans at the Lakefront Arena. Cowboy Bill Watts had an interview with Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA. Now, this happened after Grizzly Smith came in and, and talked about the ratings, the rankings. We've seen that uh, piece of film. But Bill Watts interviewed Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA right before they went into the match for their big match that night. And let's listen to their comments at this time. Tell you, uh, you flabbergasted me. You left me speechless. And this is Bill Watts with Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA. And Watts is interviewing 2 right now. And I'm very seldom without a word, but I thought you would be one of the first to congratulate this man. This was seemingly the whole goal, that you came to be his coach, that you were going to teach him, that you were going to improve him. You said he didn't have enough intensity, and he's got it all in Mid-South, and all the promoters have recognized it, and they made him the number one contender for a title shot. 
American title shot, and you're upset about it. I've got to ask you again why. Why shouldn't I be upset? They're bypassing me. They shoved me to the side. They're giving him the opportunity. I don't think it's right. Now, wait a minute. They said he's number one in line for the shot. They haven't said that you don't get the opportunity. You're the you're Mid-South Tag Team Champions. You guys have got to defend those titles. Do you think there's some conspiracy or there's some reason why Mid-South is passing you up? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Junkyard Dog, first of all, knows he can beat this man. Okay? As far as I'm concerned, that's the way he feels and that's the way he thinks. And as far as I'm concerned, Junkyard Dog knows that wrestling, too, can defeat him. Can defeat him fair and square, where he there's no crying, there's no bellering one way or the other. The man knows that I can beat him fair and square, and I won't take the title away from him. It's that simple. He knows this. I can beat this man. I've taught him everything he knows. Not everything I know. You know, too, there's no competition between you and I. And now Magnum TA is chiming in. You, you taught me everything. You brought me to where I am today. I don't ever want to have to wrestle you. I just want us to go on like we have. You be helping me, be my coach, do all the things we've done. I want to continue to progress. I don't want to be going backwards. Well, let me ask you something. You guys are Mid-South Tag Team Champions. Is this going to create a problem in you all defending those titles? No, no problem. No problem at all. He knows who the boss is. I give him the opportunity to go out and make all the w with the girls. That's fine. But he knows who the boss is, and that's me problem but i still think it stinks that he gets the 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 chance at that title and i don't it's that simple well it's quite obvious that mr wrestling 2 is very unhappy with the the rankings the way that the mid-south board directors has have have ranked uh the wrestlers now with magnum ta being the number one wrestler he feels like the number one contender let's say he feels threatened perhaps his career is being passed by and that's certainly not the case because he's not been eliminated from title consideration the Junkyard Dog, Magnum TA, and Mr. Wrestling 2 are all champions. The Junkyard Dog, the North American champion, and Magnum TA and 2, of course, the Mid-South Tag Team champions. They've been through a lot together, and they, they've suffered together, and they've, they've, they've stepped uh, beyond the call of what would true friendship would be. And let's, let's play some videotape from last week right here. Uh, Mr. Wrestling 2 was involved in a match that Midnight Express came to the ring and tried to unmask him. And let's watch that footage and join that match in progress. Running choking this thing. He used straight fundamental type wrestling. All right. So I even already have another clip lined up, and I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to skip it. It's not necessary for the enjoyment of this episode. So, um, we get. A, uh, so after the Bill Watts, Junkyard Dog, all that shit. Um, Nikola, we get a Nikolai Volkov versus the Junkyard Dog for the third round of the TV title tournament. And I think it's funny because Junkyard Dog is their North American champion, which is basically Mid-South's world heavyweight champion. Um... Uh, Nikolai Volkov requests to sing the Russian national anthem, and he sings the entire thing uninterrupted. Junkyard Dog comes out here, and I cannot express just how over the Junkyard Dog is. Terry Taylor comes out to support the Junkyard Dog, and um, JYD, Junkyard Dog, always had short matches to hide his limitations, 
And right away, Junkyard Dog does a body slam. One, two, three. This was a squash match. Your winner and going moving forward in the TV champ title championship tournament, the Junkyard Dogs. Junkyard Dog. Next, we get the Rock and Roll Express versus Dale Beasley. And it looks like Pat Rose. Yeah, I thought for a second I wrote Pete Rose. I'm like, what the hell? We get a Rock and Roll uh, Express package. And there's no clip to play there because it's just footage of them walking around. Some match footage. And I wonder what the original music was for this package. Because this is just some overdub shit. Um, and it ends with them both or them each giving a individual thumbs up. Wow. Rock and Roll Express actually gets a music entrance here. And that was relatively just held off for the junkyard dog. But Rock and Roll is Express is so over here. And this is Rock and Roll Express's Mid-South debut. Gibson and Rose start out. Um, Gibson does an arm drag, head scissor. Now, Beasley and uh, Morton are in. Double drop kick by the Rock and Roll Express on Beasley. One, two, three. Your winner, the Rock and Roll Express. Another squash match. Uh, we get Macedo Ido, Ido uh, versus John King. Uh Ido is undefeated in uh, Ido is undefeated in Mid South Wrestling. Ido is destroying King, and uh, when King does get some offense, uh, Masito Ido or what I can't not think how to pronounce his name is no selling. Ido with the leg drop, chops, body splash, one two three. Your winner, Masito Ido Ido. Next we get Lanny Poffo, the who recently passed away. Is also the brother of Macho Man Randy Savage and George Weingroff versus Butch Reed and Buddy Landell. Uh, they start with Landell and Poffo. Weingroff uh, does some arm drags and then um, JR congratulates the um, local, or no, Jim Ross uh, congratulates Bill Watts' son on winning his junior high wrestling tournament. Okay. Uh, Butch Reed looks great here. I never realized how good Butch Reed was until I, you know, actually sat down and watched the Mid South Wrestling. I'd seen him in WWF, but wasn't a huge fan. But he was so good here. And he has some matches with Jim the Anvil Nineheart that I'll discuss later on that were really good. Sorry, I take hit my vape. Um. There's good double teaming by Butch Reed and Landell. Landell hits a high knee to Poffo, a hot tag to War uh, uh, George Weingroff. Um, he takes down both men, a shoulder block and a leaping elbow to uh, Weingroff uh, by Buddy Landell. Your winner is Butch Reed and Buddy Landell. This is a more competitive match, which was kind of rare for Mid-South Wrestling TV. Uh, and we get our next match, which is Crush, uh, Crusher Darso versus Steve Brinson. Uh, Crusher Darso recently defected to the USSR from the United States. Uh, Darso with a front headlock and Jim Ross reminds fans that next week the girl wrestlers will be here. And oh boy, are they. <sighs> um, 
Darso with a backbreaker submission. It looks almost kind of like a torture rack in your winner by submission. Crusher Darso. And that was the main event of this match. It was I should also note that that was a um a match in the TV championship tournament. And um swirler, Crusher Darso would eventually go on to win the Mid-South Wrestling TV title for the first time. The first TV champion, I should say. And with that, we go ahead and we jump into our next episode, which is from February 25th, 1984. And of course, we start out with our commentators who open it up and get a video montage of Magnum TA. But let's go ahead and play that clip of the opening of this show. And I may be wrong, but Boyd Pierce is wearing a different outfit, so maybe they weren't taped on the same day. A lot of exciting action as we move into the fourth round of the Mid-South Television Tournament. This week's battle will see Jim the Anvil Nightheart in the ring against Hacksaw Butch Reed. Tag team action at its very best. In one team, you'll see the popular Rock and Roll Express. Also, you'll see the inimitable, controversial manager Jim Carnett here with the Midnight Express. The popular girl wrestlers are here, so it all adds up to lots of excitement, interviews, and interesting things. Cowboy Bill Watts. Thank God the girl wrestlers are finally here. Is not here, but the man to give us the expert commentary is his associate from Bixby, Oklahoma, Jim Ross. Jim? Well, boy, thanks very much. And, of course, we're excited about several things here on Mid-South. As you said, the fourth week of the television tournament. Also, the signing, a signing of a North American title bout. We'll get to that momentarily. But first... Magnum T.A. has really taken this area by storm. We've we've seen where he has become the number one contender for the Junkyard Dogs North American title. And we've, we've shown this piece before, but we've got such a great response for it. Let's see it again. And this is a Magnum T.A. music video with some overdubbing. I wonder what the actual song was, but I don't have a copy of that. And I should say these music videos that they're uh, creating is... Um, something he got from, um, Bill Watts actually got from Jerry Jarrett and, um, you know, uh, um, Bill Watts actually called in Jerry Jarrett at one point to help him with his territory because the attendance was down, the ratings were down and Bill Watts just needed a fresh set of eyes, which is actually what got the midnight express in mid South wrestling and the rock and roll express in mid South wrestling. And this all leads to a contract signing um, for the Mid-South North American title with between Junkyard Dog and Magnum TA. Mr. Wrestling 2 is there. Jim Ross is there. And so is Grizzly Smith. Let's go ahead and cut to that clip. Championship title bout. Jim Ross has gone to the ring along with matchmaker Grizzly Smith. And the contestants are there. Let's go to the ring and see the signing of this great event. Wrestling fans, we're here for a very historic occasion here at Mid-South Wrestling. It's not often that we have such talented individuals collectively and friends in the ring. Matchmaker Grizzly Smith is here, and we're going to have the signing for the next available North American Championship. It doesn't normally happen here on wrestling because there's so much animosity between opponents. But Magnum TA, as many of the fans saw last week on television, has, because of the board director's vote, is the number one contender for the North American Championship. And right here on Mid-South Wrestling, we're going to have the contract signing, and matchmaker Grizzly Smith is here. And Grizzly, I know this is a, this is a very historic occasion, and the first I can remember here on Mid-South. 
Jim, Magnum T.A. has really come up in the ratings. He's the number one contender, as we announced a few days ago. Magnum, all this contract uh, lacks is your signature. We haven't, uh, we haven't named the, uh, the date or the place yet because there's so, many, there's so many people bidding on it, on this match. So if you'll put your signature on this contract, uh, you're going to be the next man in line for that North American title. You know, very often, promoters, we have matches like Volkoff against the dog or Reed, opponents of that type. But this match is so unique from the standpoint there's promoters around the country would like to see a great scientific match for the championship as we... I think it's funny because uh, Junkyard Dog did anything but have scientific wrestling matches. And um, it's interesting here, too. This isn't like the contract signing you'd see today. The table looks like a checker table, like checkers table. Like one of those tables like at the park that has the checkers like board like printed out on it. And you can tell here that there are obviously no writers because, you know, it's this is all coming off very organic. Like they don't know exactly what to say. Witness. The junkyard dog signing the contract that makes it official. JYD, I know that you have some you have some very strong thoughts regarding this championship belt. It means a lot to you. I know this match means a lot to this man. Yeah, you know when I first uh, heard about it about a week ago, you know it was, uh, wasn't a joking matter, but I was a little bit loose about it, and I want Mag to know, and also Mr. Wrestling too. I know both of them is top contender, but right now Magnum is the number one. Uh, Contender for the North American Championship, and this belt means a lot to me. I travel all over the world representing uh, North America uh, wrestling promotion, which is the Mid South, and I know it's going to be straight up. And it's going to be a, not an uptown situation; it's going to be a downtown situation. It'll be the first time that I can feel that I get into a ring and I'm going to get a fair hand, a fair shake about things. And I'm more than happy to uh, give wrestling uh, me Magnum T.A. the opportunity to wrestle me for the North American Championship. And one other thing. This belt doesn't only represent me, it represents all the people in the Mid-South area. Well, so this belt represents my family, and it means very lot to me. It's funny because you say it represents everybody in the Mid-South area, but it is the North American Championship. Shouldn't it represent everybody in North America? And also uh, to note here that Mr. Wrestling 2 is pacing around the ring, and he looks pissed. But I'm still happy. Man, let me be the first to shake your hand. Congratulations on your opportunity. Of course, the Junkyard Dog will be going 100% plus for this match. Dog, I want to thank you very much for giving me this opportunity for this title shot and sign this Magnum match. Magnum I know speaking. you've been a great champion. You've been something that people could always look up to. I've had a little taste of this championship belt myself, you know. I know when we get in the ring, all things will be put aside, but I know whatever happens, it's going to be a clean match. I know we're both going to give it, us our, give it our all. I know whatever happens, the best man's going to come out victorious. So I just want to thank you. Mr. Wrestling 2, the coach of Magnum TA, is also here with us today. And, of course, last week, many of the wrestling fans saw some footage from the lakefront of New Orleans. You made some comments there. Have you changed your opinion any from the way that you were, the way we saw last week? No. I haven't changed a thing one way or the other. And I'll tell you why. First of all, junkyard dog you. You're sitting over there with a grin from ear to ear because you know that you can beat this man. I can beat this man. But 
If you had to wrestle a man like King Kong Bundy, Hacksaw Butch Reed, Garso, or the Russian himself, then you could go on TV and tell everybody how you got cheated. You see? What you're saying, wait just a minute, let's, let's clarify this situation. You are obviously are unhappy with this signing. The junkyard dog is a, is a, is a great champion. Well, you ought to have some, some feelings, some positive feelings. Junkyard dog knows that I can beat him. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, you step a little bit too high of grounds, too, and you begin to bend the nails a little bit too far. So I'm just going to step away and let you dream on. Well, okay. let me tell you something right now, dog. I'll make it even more interesting for you. If I get a match with you, I'll put a challenge to you. And if I wrestle you for that title, just to make it very interesting, I'll put my mask up. And if I don't beat you, I'll take the mask off and leave Mid-South. I'll tell you what I do. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. You see, if I beat you, you won't have any excuses to go crying on the TV about you got cheated. Wait just a minute. Hold on. To kill up all this mess. Now, Magnum Chase is the man number one contender. But I'll go out of my way or two, just to verify this thing. I'll get on the plane and spend my own money. I'll fly to Tampa along with Grizzly Smith, and I'll talk to Charlie Lee and give you your opportunity. And you're a liar. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get back. Let's get. Let's get back to the issue. Let's get back to the reason that we were here. Wait just a moment. Let's get back to the reason that we were here. You took this man. You took this man. Yes, I took this man. This man right here. I made him the man that he is today. When I came in here, this man, he had a chance at the title. But because he was so stupid and ignorant and the punk that he was, I took him from down here, brought him up, made him the man that he is today, put guts in his body. Mr. Wrestling 2 is really going heel here. And it's interesting to point out here, like, like the way he's feeling is kind of justified. And I'm not saying, like, it's obviously jealousy, but it's like how somebody in his position would, you know, actually feel in this position. Gave him some test of fortitude, gave him a clear mind to think clearly and to do the right things. I did that. I am the coach. I should have that opportunity first. Uh, those points are well taken. I'm going to tell you something right now, coach. Oh, you everything. You brought me with where I am today. But if I hadn't had something inside me to begin with, you wouldn't have had anything to work with. Well, i got to tell you right now, it's about thinking clear. I don't think you are thinking real clear. As a matter of fact, I think you're making a real ass of yourself. Wrestling 2 slaps the shit out of Magnum TA. You don't talk to me that way. You understand that? You don't talk to me that way. I'm your coach. And don't you ever forget it. No one talks to me like that. And as far as you are concerned, dog, you've already showed me. This man here, you turn around and listen to me when I'm talking to you, boy. You showed me already that you have no loyalty, no loyalty at all to wrestling, too. You got that? And as far as you're concerned, dog, 
You showed me what kind of a champion you are. All right. Hey, look here. Let's get a little bit of control. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Out of all the things that I've seen, Jesus Christ. All right, let's let's try to get a little bit of magnum. This is a very, very, very touchy situation. All right, very touchy situation. Of all the things that I've been through in this world. Hard as I would work, coming up from nothing, trying to do something. This man did the same thing, but I'm going to tell you something, man. Friends will be friends. But there ain't no man on this earth, no matter how he build somebody, or how he work with somebody, you're not made for nobody to slap a step on. Are you going to take that kind of mess, or what are you going to do? I'm going to tell you something right now, Doug. I'm going to tell everybody out there in the studio audience, everybody watching. Magnum TA seems like he's going to cry here. You just saw the only man walk on the face of the earth that could slap me this time and walk away from it because he did give me something. He did make me what I am today. But all this is not worth, is not worth this. And T.A. tears up the contract. What it's doing to all our friendship. I can't take it. Well, Grizzly, we've had, this started, started, out, started out as a signing. We've had some very unusual things. Jim, the only thing I can do is I'm going to have to go to Tampa and have a meeting with the board of directors and Charlie Lay, and, uh, well, we'll just have to announce the outcome of that at a later date. Wrestling fans, you saw Magnum TA tear up the contract. We'll try to keep you updated as to the progress of this situation, and now let's go return to the network for more Mid-South messages. All right, so... As corny as that, like, kind of seemed, and it's funny I said corny because Jim Car- Cornette's coming up here. It's like, so wrestling too, like, had a legitimate like feeling of jealousy that I think any one of us would have felt. And he went out there and said it, and you have to kind of relate with the guy. Um, you know, it wasn't just like you know he's decided to turn evil. It was, you know, he, he was explaining how he felt. You know, not to get all sentimental here. But, okay, our next match is the Midnight Express with Mr. Jim Cornette versus... Where did I even write this shit down? Um, Joe Chivaldi and George Weingroff. Oh, George Weingroff is back again. And another short clip, this time Jim Cornette introducing the Midnight Express. Indiana, George Weingroff. Give me that microphone, Reese. Bowden, a couple things going on here I can't let pass without comment. First of all, that heartwarming little scene a couple of minutes ago, Wrestling 2, I got to give him some credit. He proved my point. Magnum TA is a chicken and a coward because if, if that man had done that to me, slapped me in the face, I'd have broken every bone in his body. And you know what else that proved? Get out of my way, Reese. You know what else that proved? That proved that Mid-South coddles its champions, babies them, lets them stand here and bicker like school kids instead of proving it in the ring. And I noticed one more thing. The mouth of Mid-South cowboy Bill Watts is nowhere around today. He's conspicuous in his absence. <laughs> I'm sure he'd have a few words to say in defense of his buddies here. <laughs> but I'm sure it must be nice for you people at home to have some unbiased, clear, candid comments for once. And I know what else it'll be nice for you to have. The world's greatest tag team, the deadliest fighting force in professional wrestling, lover boy Dennis and beautiful Bobby the Midnight Express. All 
All right, classic Jim Cornette as always. And I promise I will go. I'm going to skip another clip that's coming up shortly just to avoid doing more clips. Um, this match starts off with Bobby Eaton with George Weingroff. Uh, the commentators are still talking about the Magnum TA section. A lot of mat wrestling by Dennis Condre. Lots of tagging in and out by the Midnight Express, and it is hard to keep up here. The Midnight Express is so good. We get a second rope power slam by Condry. One, two, three, and your winners are the Midnight Express. Our next matchup is Steve Brinson versus Nikolai Volkov, and Volkov sings the Russian anthem again and is not interrupted. Uh, we get a takedown by Koloff, uh, kicks, punches, headlocks by Koloff. Body press, backbreaker, one, two, three. Your winner, Nikolai Volkov. And next, we get the lady wrestlers. This is actually a mixed tag team match. Princess Victoria and uh, Lanny Poffo versus Wendy Richter and Buddy Landell. Uh, this is a special attractions match. At the you know, in 1984, women's wrestling was not what it is today. And it was on the same level as midget wrestling, if you can believe that. Princess Victoria with the arm drag to Richter, Landell, and um, Paphos, uh, like, start going at it. Um, back body drop by Paphos, and Landell goes up high. Drop kick by Richter to Princess Victoria. Landell actually elbows uh, Princess Victoria. Sorry, I'm trying not to sneeze right now. Oh, that stuff. Okay, sorry about that. I just had to sneeze about 15 times. So next up, we have a match in progress. Jim the Anvil Nineheart versus Butch Reed. And this is the fourth round of the TV title tournament. And um, this was my favorite match out of all three shows that I watched here. Anvil, uh, Jim the Anvil Nineheart has a beard, not a goatee, which is weird. Um, Anvil uh, is throwing Reed around the ring, and these ropes look so loose. It's not what you expect. It's not what you're used to with WWE's product, or AEW's to be exact. Um, Butch Reed does an eye rake and capitalizes on Jim, the Anvil Nineheart. Um, there's a head drop by Anvil against the top rope. I think it's actually called a slingshot. Um, and these guys are going at it. This match is really good. It's fast-paced. It's hard-hitting. Reed with a standing suplex for a two-count. Then Reed does a second-rope shoulder-block pin, but Anvil uh, puts his foot on the rope at two. Anvil with the Samoan drop, two-count. These people are going crazy, and I am really enjoying this match. Reed grabs something out of his trunks, and I think it's alluded that it's brass knuckles. Punch Jim's, punches Jim the Anvil Nightheart, one, two, three. Your winner, Butch Reed. And I should say that a mere few weeks ago, Butch or a few months ago, Butch Reed and Jim the Anvil Nightheart are the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Our next match is Tom Lentz and Jeremy Gray versus the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Gibson with hip tosses and a quick tag. Morton with the backdrop. And I'm not sure which jobber is which at this point. Uh, Rock and Roll Express double drop kick. One, two, three. Your winners, the Rock and Roll Express. Next, we have Mike Jackson versus Crusher Darso. And Darso starts off by waving the USSR flag. Darso with a power bomb 
or a power slam and a slingshot off the rope. Sorry, my notes just hit the microphone. Um, and at this point, Terry Taylor and the Rock and Roll Express run in and start jumping Darso. They're punching the shit out of him. And then they start to paint him red. Yes, they paint Darso red. Um, Volkov runs in and they run off. And JR is losing his shit about this. Like, he is losing his fucking mind. Um, after that, we get a Terry Taylor package. And it ends with him giving a thumbs up. And we end the show with the Terry Taylor comments. And that is our episode two. Now, uh, now up next, from March 3rd, 1984, Mid-South Wrestling. And we have Bill Watts back, and we'll play that clip. Exciting action. Tag team, the Rock and Roll Express is here. Also, the controversial manager, Jim Cornette, has his Midnight Express on the scene. And we move into the fifth week of the Mid-South Television Tournament. This week's big battle, Magnum TA in the ring against... Pressure Darso, the man to tell us about it and bring us an update on the tournament thus far, an expert commentator and also the president of Mid-South Sports, Bill Watts. Bill. Well, thank you, boy. A lot's been happening, and we've been delinquent in that we promised you a couple of weeks ago when you showed you that very awesome new match, the coal miners match, which Hacksaw Jim Dugan had originated against Crusher Darso in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where Dugan won the bout but was badly injured when the Russian alliance jumped him with the coal miners glove later. We told you we'd give you an update about his injury, and the problem is we haven't been able to find Hacksaw Jim Dugan. He has just disappeared. We don't know what's happened. We know he was badly injured, but it shouldn't have been an injury that would keep him incapacitated this long. So evidently he's really had a to look inward to himself and just see what he's going to do about his career. The North American title situation is really up in the air, but first let's get to the Mid-South Television Championship Tournament for $10,000. This is the fifth week, and today we have Mag... And we are back to our poster board. MTA against Crusher Darso. That should be an awesome match. Next week, Terry Taylor in the second round will be against Masayo Ito. The seventh week, the Junkyard Dog will wrestle the winner of today's bout between T.A. and Darso. So this tournament is rapidly moving on toward the ninth week, which will be the championship week for $10,000 and Olympic-type medal and representing Mid-South as a television champion. But now again, the North American title situation was some astounding news that Mid-South had selected Magnum T.A. as the number one contender, but it brought some very surprising results. Wrestling 2 and T.A. have been under a tremendous amount of pressure with... The their title situation for the tag titles with the Midnight Express, but I think it's boiled over in another direction, a new direction. Jim Ross standing at ringside now, ready to interview Magnum TA. So I'm going to go ahead and play the Magnum TA interview. I think it's just important because in these this arc of episodes that I'm reviewing tonight, the Magnum TA, Mr. Wrestling 2, and um, it would go on to become a larger part of Mid-South Wrestling, so let's go ahead and go to that clip. We're here at ringside with Magnum T.A. And Magnum, the last several weeks, a lot of controversy has surrounded the North American Championship. Just two weeks ago, we, we found out that the Mid-South Board Directors voted you the number one contender for the Junkyard Dogs title, the North American Championship. Then last week here on Mid-South Wrestling, what we thought was going to be a very historic occasion turned into a very chaotic occasion when the signing for the North American Championship match, the altercations you had with your coach and friend we all thought and still think most of us my, the confrontation between you and mr wrestling too 
I know that since that time you have you've torn the contract up. We saw that on national television, but you've given a lot of thought to the North American title. We've talked about this. I know now that uh, you have some things that you'd like to, to relate to the fans regarding the North American Championship. Jim, I'd like to tell you and all the fans, you know, I've had some time to reflect, the time to reflect over the actions that have taken place and time to think about my own thoughts on the matter. You know, I'm a young man. I'm a very lucky man. I had wrestling too as my coach, and through his, his guidance, I've come to the heights of professional wrestling. I'm now one half of the tag team champions here at Mid-South, and youth is something I have on my side. Wrestling too is a man of many years, a man of great distinction, but time is not something that's working for him it's working against him being as the board found me suitable to be the number one contender i feel like i will get this opportunity again but what i want to do at this time if it means so much to my coach wrestling too i'm going to stand back and i'm going to give him this title shot i'm going to give it wait a minute wait a minute man hey wait a minute mr wrestling too is walking to the scene now ta you don't give me nothing man you understand that you don't give me anything. I picked you up from the garbage and made you the man that you are today. Yeah, you're walking around with one half of the title, and yet you, you stand there, you tell me you're going to give me something, man, get yourself in the ring right now, and I'll prove to everybody right here on national TV who is number one. Gee, I told you, I've got nothing but respect for you, coach. I told you I'll give you the title shot. Hey, man, you don't give me... Mr. Wrestling 2 slaps the shit out of Magnum TA. I told you, you don't give me anything. I can beat you. I can beat Junkyard Dog just the same way. That's why I got the title. You understand that? I'm going to get the opportunity for that. You don't stand here and tell me you're going to give me anything. Coach, I'm not going to wrestle you. I told you, I'll give you the shot. Let me tell you something, you know, the most humiliating thing that any one man can take, you know, the, I told you once this man got no guts, he's gutless. Otherwise, you get in the ring right now, we'd finish it right here and prove to everybody that I am number one. And the most humiliating thing is being slapped just like that. You understand that? He slaps the shit out of him again. You got any guts? Get in the ring. Let's finish it right here and now. Wait, let's wait just a moment. Coach... I'm not going to wrestle you. That's the last word. Mr. Wrestling 2, now we have got a very controversial situation right hey, here. Hey, listen, I... Bill Watts is coming out. You know, I don't want to butt it, excuse me. But, two, I've known you a long time. We go back to Georgia together. We've wrestled each other. We've wrestled together. What's getting into you? Are you losing your whole focus? Don't you understand what's happening? This kid who you signed on his coach... You've got him exactly where you, your goal was to get him. You've taken him right up where the directors have said he's the number one contender. You should be happy and, and that you've done such a great job with the kid. Instead, you're getting all bent out of focus, and you're trying to humiliate and embarrass him on national TV. You're slapping this kid, and you're thinking that he's walking away from you because he's afraid. He's not afraid of you. He's got a quality that's going out this country. He's loyal. And the only reason... That's right, and the only reason he's walking away is because, I'll tell you what, I think he can beat you. Well, I don't think I so. I think he can beat you, and he's walking away so he doesn't have to embarrass you. I think he's gutless. I think he's gutless, and if you don't believe it, take him in a ring right here, or I'll dust him right here, right in front of everybody at any given time. And if you don't think that's good enough, you know, let me tell you something, Bill Watts. I can take any man, any man, in a tag team situation and beat these expresses. You understand that? 
any given time. I can take anybody. It doesn't make any difference. It's GA. You know, you'd start to compare yourself with somebody a lot greater than you because nobody can make somebody what they're not. I think right now, let's go back to Boyd Pierce and go to a commercial break. As we try to slow things down and get things in perspective, we'll be right back after this important message. All right. So I'm going to try to limit this episode of Mid-South that I'm reviewing. And I should say this was from March... Where is, I have to check my notes. It's from March 3rd, 1984. And we go to our first match, which is the Midnight Express with Mr. Jim Cornette versus Joe Savaldi and John King. And we get a quick Jim Cornette promo where he says Bill Watts is in shit. Mr. Wrestling 2 comes out and um, sends Joe Savaldi to the back and we'll fill in for him. It is, um... Wrestling 2 repeatedly body slams Condre. Um, Wrestling 2 does a shoulder block on Eaton. Eaton does a backbreaker to King. Uh, Midnight Express do a double team on King. Eaton does a second rope elbow to King. And a second rope power slam by Dennis Condre to King. Your winners, the Midnight Express. This was another squash match. And uh, it keeps... Uh, um. Then Mr. Wrestling 2 continues to fight the Midnight Express and gets overpowered. And Magnum TA comes out for the save. So Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA is the overall big company-wide story here. And next we get uh, Crusher Darso. He comes out and um, he slams uh, Magnum TA's head into the ring post. And TA is bleeding. We get Magnum TA versus Crusher Darso, and this is the sixth round of the TV tournament. But before we get to that, they uh, show a clip of Houston Wrestling, and um, uh, Magnum TA jumps to the bell, has a bandage around his head, and like blood is seeping through it. Crusher Darso is working the head. Um. And he's just dominating this match. Mr. Wrestling 2 is still at ringside. Darso with the torture rack submission. And uh, 2 comes out and um, calls the ref over to him. Distracts the referee. And then a reverse, a reverse hold for the pin. When um, 2 throws Magnum TA. I'm sorry. I'm getting all fucked up on my notes. Magnum TA reverses the move into a pinfall. When Mr. Wrestling 2 throws in the towel. So your winner by forfeit is Crusher Darso. <clears throat> and we go to Houston where Butch Reed is wrestling Jim the Anvil Nineheart in a football helmet on a pole match. But it cuts to Mr. Wrestling 2 who is being interviewed. And this will be the last clip of the day, I promise. You know, I've brought Wrestling 2 back. I'm, I'm a little bit confused. I just saw you come out here and it looked like maybe you'd, you'd come to your senses and you were going to coach him. And Magnum T.A. came out even after being badly hurt, coming to your rescue, I might add. He came into the match. He proved the kind of courage he's got. Badly hurt. He goes in and he wrestled the match. And he had the guy pinned and you threw in the towel. What's going on? Confused. You're the one that's confused. The man was bleeding. He was half beat to death. I don't want to see him get carried out here on a stretcher. Mr. Wrestling 2 seems like such a grouchy old man. 
DA is nothing without me. And he's going, he was in there fixing to get killed. That's why I threw the towel in. What's the matter with you? Well, I think everybody saw it at home. The Magnum TA still had a lot of fight in him. As a matter of fact, he had the man beat. This is just the kind of thing. I just don't know what I can say about that. Let's go to, let's switch gears here a minute. You know, Dusty Rhodes invented the bull rope match. Sputnik Monroe, the Brass Knucks Championship. There's been cage matches. The Junkyard Dog, the Dog Collar match. Then the Hacksaw Dugan, the Coal Miners match. And now with Neidhart and Reed, there's been a tremendous feud. And they saw that Coal Miners match, turned it into a football helmet match. Let's see what happens as a brutal physical struggle between these two brutes of wrestling culminated in Houston, Texas. And Terry Taylor got involved. Okay, so... We're now going to cut to a clip from the Houston wrestling. And I thought it was interesting that mid South wrestling would show a clip from another territory, but it continues the storyline with Butch Reed and Jim, the Anvil Nineheart. So this is a fucking, um, football helmet on a pole match. And in this match, uh, you can see that Jim, the Anvil Nineheart is bleeding. Uh, Butch Reed wins. And uh, neither is, and uh, Neidhart is super bloody. Terry, Terry Taylor comes in for the save, and Reed attacks Terry Taylor with the helmet. And we go back to the Irish you know, Boys Club where Butch Reed and Buddy Landell are fighting uh, Jason Walker and Mike Johnson. Uh, Johnson is a, a fast little jobber. Reed and Landell are destroying the jobbers. Suplex and elbow by Landell. One, two, three. Your winners are Butch Reed and Buddy Landell. Now, I feel like I really glanced over the Jim the Anvil Neidhart uh, Butch Reed match. Um, the football helmet on a pole match. It was cool because he wasn't necessarily just using, he was using it as a weapon on Terry Taylor, but he was like doing the spear and stuff wearing a football helmet, which I thought was pretty cool. It was bloody. It was like, it was really fun to watch. Next, we get Terry Taylor versus Jerry Gray. And um, I never appreciated Ter- Terry Taylor's wrestling until I watched Mid-South Wrestling. I always saw him as the Red Rooster or one of Vince McMahon's stooges uh, later on in the Attitude Area. And Terry Taylor was a huge star here. He does a flying forearm and gets the pinfall. One, two, three. Your winner is Terry Taylor. Next up, we have the Rock and Roll Express versus Randy Barber and Steve Brinson. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express are over huge here. Um, there's a lot of uh, double teams, sunset flips by the Rock and Roll Express. Lots of tag in, tag outs. And I so this match was probably two minutes long, and I counted nine tags between the Rock and Roll Express. Double drop kick, one, two, three, your winner, the Rock and Roll Express. And we cut to a Bruiser Brothers package. And um, it's very similar to the Blues Brothers, you know, wearing the suits and everything. Uh, you see them walking around with a briefcase that's handcuffed to them. They play some funky music, and that's that. Uh, finally, it ends with Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce signing off. And that is episode three of the Mid-South Wrestling. So a couple of things about Mid-South Wrestling, and 
I had to say that Mid-South Wrestling is probably my favorite territory, and I consider it a territory even though it wasn't a member of the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, I like the fact that they like had their important shit on first, and all the other matches were called standby matches, and the time limit to them was TV time remaining. I thought that was really cool. So you never really knew what was going to come up on the show. Because they they would do their most important match first and say, this is like a 20-minute time limit. And if the match ended short, which it generally did, um, they would have standby matches. And um, I liked how they used uh, current events at the time, too. Bill Watts would, and uh, he didn't do this too much in the series of episodes that I watched, but would reference what was going on in the Cold War with the USSR. Talking about how the Russians were cowards and everything like that. Um, Another cool thing was how they were always pushing characters. I continually talked about Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling 2's feud here. We got to see that start. We're going to see what it, you know, blossoms. We got to see, like, the beginning of it blossoming. And there's going to be a big fucking blow-off match, which Magnum TA will eventually win. But... You know, um, I liked how in Mid-South Wrestling, like, the heels were, like, I don't want to say justified in being heels, but, like, you kind of, like, sympathize with them and why they were being heels. It was all good stuff. <clears throat> and they, I liked the promos in the ring. Um, it was, They were really selling the upcoming, you know, super shows at the Superdome that they were talking about. Junkyard Dog was so over. He was obviously the main focal point of the Mid-South Wrestling territory, even though he wasn't featured that heavily on these matches. He was a huge deal. And if we're just looking at things in the WWE, WWF lens, uh, Junkyard Dog was just a mid-card guy and never really amounted to much, but he was huge in Mid-South Wrestling. Um, I reviewed his book last week. We, or the book about him last week, we just cannot overlook how big the Junkyard Dog was to Mid-South Wrestling. And I liked how they acknowledged other promoters in this show. Like, they uh, showed several clips from Houston Wrestling. They uh, referenced Georgia Wrestling, the Rock and Roll Express, and Midnight Express were from the uh, Memphis Wrestling Territory. So, it wasn't like, you know, they were trying to portray, like, Mid-South Wrestling was the only wrestling in the world. They were very open about it. Um, Bill Watts worked with Memphis. Uh, He worked with with Houston Wrestling, obviously. He worked with WCCW. And he worked with Georgia later on. But... You know, it was important to show that, like, you know, the territory acknowledged that it was just a small portion of the country, and there was other wrestling out there. And it was, unless you were a tape trader in the 80s, it was, you know, kind of a big deal to see wrestling outside of your geographic area. Now, I thought it was cool how Bill Watts showed that. And the long storm, the the long-term storytelling here was great. You know, you uh, got to see something spark, and every week it would just get bigger and bigger and bigger, as evidenced by Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA storyline. And 
I I want to go back to the time limits. I love how they put all the important stuff first, and if they had time, they'd show some standby matches, you know, and they didn't go out and say it, but it was kind of like these matches aren't shit, you know, they're just to entertain you, but, you know, they always, uh, you know, it always continues the storyline. It made you want to continue wrestling, watching the wrestling. I reviewed Bill Watts's uh, book here uh, several episodes ago. Several months ago, now that I think about it. Bill Watts had a great mind for wrestling psychology. He, um, a story that goes around about Bill Watts and it's talked about a lot. So if you're familiar with Mid-South Wrestling, this isn't something that you didn't already know. But if you're a wrestler in Mid-South Wrestling and you went out to a bar and got into a fight, if you lost that fight, you were fired because you were a wrestler. You're supposed to be a tough guy. If um, he wouldn't let heels and baby faces travel together because they were supposed to hate each other. And he was he had the wrestling psychology down to a T. Another thing about Mid-South Wrestling at Bill Watts's philosophy is so the rules in mid South wrestling were kind of, um, I don't want to say confusing, but they were sort of complicated. Like you weren't allowed to go off the top rope. You weren't allowed to throw opponent over the rope, over the top rope or anything. And so you would think like, you know, it's wrestling, keep things simple and complicated rules in a match tend to be the downfall of the match. What if we're, you know, dealing with things in the perspective of trying to make it look real, you know, then wrestling's rules would be complicated. Football's rules are complicated. Why wouldn't professional wrestling's rules be complicated? All things to think about. So that was our Mid-South Wrestling Review. I really enjoyed it. We'll probably do some more Mid-South here in the future. Next week, we have Memphis and our tribute to Jerry Jarrett. At this time, passed away about three, two weeks ago. And I know it's going to be a little bit late, but, you know, it's uh, cool. I'm happy that we're honoring Jerry Jarrett. But before I sign off, you know, and leave you all for the week, I want to talk about Coco over there, the Gut Wrench Podcast again. Coco, Coco, Coco. So... Let me start off by saying you were right. I did contradict myself. I told you to quit, and then I told you to keep going. And, you know, I had like an epiphany when I was talking last week on this show, or it was two weeks ago. You know, I'm, I'm happy for you, Coco. I'm glad you have your podcast, because it is clearly all you have in your life. You know, I have so much, and this podcast is all you have. Your gut wrench podcast. You know, it's something that like helps you get up in the morning. And I just don't have the heart to take it away from you, buddy. You know, you keep making your little West Virginia podcast, and your four listeners will continue to listen despite how bad and substandard it is. And if you keep listening to their late night wrestling pod, maybe it'll get better, but I don't have high hopes for high hopes for you. And 
I listened to your episode the other week. You know, it's really cute how you did Battle of the Belts because I did Clash of Champions. Once again, it's a little boy wearing dad's shoes and dad's shirt. It doesn't quite fit, but you just look adorable doing it. So keep trying, buddy. You know, do your best. I'm I'm proud of you that you haven't given it up yet. It's, you know, it's really uh, admirable. You're like the 40-year-old working at Taco Bell who is just waiting for his band to make it. You know, he's going to work at that job forever, but he holds on to hope that his little garage band will make it. And while we're on the subject, All Elite Wrestling, though I don't hate AEW, has nothing on World Wrestling Entertainment. I'm sorry, one is Major League, like the Late Night Wrestling Pod. The other one is, you know, it's trying its hardest, AEW, just like the Gut Wrench Podcast. It's trying so hard. And, yes, I support Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn is great. I think Kevin Owens is good. But to call them a cancer, Coco, isn't that a bit much? And this is coming from a guy calling them a cancer who supports Orange Cassidy and the best friends. They are the cancer to the wrestling industry. Who got into professional wrestling? Who started watching professional wrestling because of the jerk-off that puts his hands in his pockets? Or the two jerk-offs who jerk off each other and ride in their mom's vans? That is not professional wrestling. That is a jerk-off fest. And I'm sure you want to get in that and, you know, do a jerk, the circle jerk a jerk-off circle. But you know what, buddy? Just spit in your hand and, you know, just jerk away, buddy. Jerk off both those best friends, and maybe you can be one of their friends. And go ahead and, you know, Orange Cassidy is so cool, man. You know, he never uses his hands. He does that little kick to the shins. No, fuck him. Sami Zayn could wipe the floor with all three of those little pieces of shit. They make a fucking mockery of the wrestling business. Fuck the best friends. And fuck Orange Cassidy, too. They they should be nowhere near a wrestling ring. Just my humble opinion. And congratulations on noting that I live in Kentucky. I do. I live 10 minutes south of Cincinnati, Ohio. But yes, I my uh, address is in Kentucky. And no, 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 we don't eat fried chicken, dum-dum. You know, maybe do some, like, internet research before you try dissing me. Because here we eat Skyline Chili and Geta. And you could have, you know, gone after those things. Yeah, maybe Google Skyline Chili or Cincinnati-style chili. And then try rebuttaling against me. (sighs) Coco, you don't make it easy. But God, do you try. And I heard you say that you were going to burn down my house. Well, I actually have a house. Unlike you, who records his little podcast under a pillow and blanket fort in his living room. You know, hidden away like Anne Frank. 
Yes, I have a four-bedroom house, a wife, and a child. I have so much, and your and my podcast, and all you have is your little podcast, buddy. So keep doing it. Keep trying to live the dream, and just keep holding on, because I love watching you try, even though you're going to fail. And I couldn't help but notice that you reference the John Denver song about West Virginia. And you said there was no passionate songs about Kentucky. And Coco, I guess you got me here. I guess there are no songs about Kentucky. All right, enough of that. So, next week we will be covering Memphis Wrestling, the USWA from 1990. As always, follow me on Twitter at 11 Late Night Pod. Shoot me an email at the late at late night wrestling pod at gmail.com or look me up on Instagram at the late night wrestling pod. I am Brandon Sir. I am your host. I do not own the music that was just played, nor do I own the clips that I just played you. They are purely for entertainment purposes. And for the Late Night Wrestling Pod, I'm Brandon Sir, and the Late Night Wrestling Pod is the division of Buzzsprout Media. So with that being said, it is getting late. You have to work in the morning. I will see you all next week, and good night, Coco. Sleep tight.